The Bill Haston Podcast can be heard every week on Apple, on Spotify, on Google. You can download it for free. Last week, I had a great football talk with Lauren Montgomery. This week, I'm going to have another great football talk with Jerry Ostrowski, who I've known of for 32 years, but I didn't really get to know him until summer before what turned out to be your final training camp with the Bills, Jerry. And we'll blow through this part of it real quick, but in all of your years of doing media and media requests as an athlete, have you ever done anything more insane than to line up over a teed up golf ball (laughs) on Boston Avenue? No, Uh, I didn't. I'd like to have that blown up if I could. Well, of course you can. You want a card copy of that picture? Oh, I would, I would love it. That's one of my favorite pictures of all time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the headline was lift Jerry's a big guy. And uh so well, and because he lives big, and that was kind of what the story was about, was is that he was looking ahead to his next career at that time. You said in sports radio, sports talk radio. And so I thought, living large, that's a good headline. So uh our photographer at the time, Kelly Kerr, took Jerry down right over here, about a block away from the yeah. Tulsa Road building, and uh, and I guess you, how did, did you literally stick a T into the street? We found <laughs> the crack. We found the crack in the street and we got a T in it and I had the ball marked big O in parenthesis and they put it on there and he took those pictures. Those are some of the best pictures I've ever, I've ever taken, man. Those are really cool. As a, uh, as a thank you for doing this with me, I will make sure you get a hard copy of that picture. Uh, I, I have a spot for it in here. I'm kind of building my, uh, I've gotten into, so I'm not doing radio right now. I just kind of, you know, guess call in every now and then. I did a spot the, the, today with with Pat and Kevin, but um, I'm kind of building this thing out in my office, and I have a spot for it right over there. So I'm looking forward to it. I won't forget it. What size do you want out of it? You want 11 by 14-ish? Or... Yeah, that would be cool. Okay. You know what I mean, right. you, you can't have a picture that from an article called Living Large. It's nah. not large, right? <laughs> so uh you were in the middle of literally like physically in the middle of it for yep. uh, about a decade but do you marvel at how the nfl postseason delivers year after year after year it's just the best it's fantastic nah, it's awesome uh last week is now granted it wasn't a very good weekend for me with the bills playing the way they did but that divisional title week or that divisional game week um the the four games that they have during the weekend are, it, to me that's the best weekend of football of the entire year next week will be uh, okay super bowl usually ends up being melodramatic but that that divisional those divisional matchups those those four games that's the best football weekend of the year and um i look forward to it every every season yeah, so uh but don't, you i mean i understand you have a, a, an emotional being a pennsylvania native you have an emotional attachment to two of the squads that were in the postseason yeah bill uh, yep. and, and the eagles but it feels to me with all due respect to buffalo uh, who uh, before uh, I would say the first two months of the season, I kind of thought Buffalo was the best team in the league. Right. Uh, but I think as we speak, we do have the final four seems to be the four best teams. Right. Right now. I and, think so. Mm-hmm. I think you're hundred percent correct. I mean, nobody's playing better than Cincinnati right now. Um, Cleveland's yeah. kind of, 
Cleveland has kind of limped their way into the, or I'm not Cleveland, Kansas City's kind of limped their way into the playoffs. Um, I don't believe Pat Mahomes will play this week. I really don't. Um, if he does play, it will be very, very limited. Um, you know, uh, what he has is is a tough injury to overcome. And you could see this past week, he was playing on adrenaline and everything. And, you know, my, even myself, I made the comment, like, why would you put him back in? Why would you take him back in the game when Chad Henney takes him down the field, they score a touchdown, and he seemed to have things under control. I think the biggest part was if they left him on the sidelines too long, he was going to get stiff and become really ineffective. So they had to go ahead and let keep him playing because, you know, if they didn't, uh, there was a chance he wasn't going to be able to go out and do much of anything, which in general he really kind of didn't, but he found a way to be, you know, 75% Patrick Mahomes is better than a lot of quarterbacks in the league. So, And I don't know that he was even close to that. Right. He was literally hopping on one leg. Yes. I mean, yes. the, one, the one throw to this, uh, the quick the quick passing game, and the throw right. to the right, and he literally was on the wrong foot uh, and couldn't even put any weight on that left side. So right. uh, and maybe you're right. Maybe I, that I, just doesn't feel like something you can uh, re- rehab in four days. Well, especially, too. I mean, look at the what the weather's going to be like next week. They're going to be in the 30s. It's going to be cold. Um, Kansas City's a tough place to play in the winter, just like, you know, Buffalo used to be seemed to be a tough place to play in the wintertime. Um, I, I honestly don't believe, unless the wind's blowing bad, I don't believe any team is intimidated by weather anymore. I think the science of it, the preparation, the clothing and stuff they have, I don't think you really – that's why Buffalo needs to just go ahead and dome the place. I mean, I don't think they get much of an advantage. Didn't Was it you that cussed me out when I said something about a dome or somebody else? I mean, I said, why wouldn't you dome a stadium, <clears throat> the new stadium in Buffalo? And they're like, no, the fans won't go for it. Or, or Well, it's probably me, and I don't think they do want to go for it. But I've now seen two games that have convinced me otherwise. I was at the Miami game, and Miami had their, you know, it was a tight, tight ball game until late in the fourth quarter. And people say, well, the snow came, and that's what changed the game. I don't believe so. I just think that the, the the Bills that day eventually warmed down. And then this past weekend, you know, the Bills' defense is predicated upon speed. It's not a big defense. Jordan Phillips, the OU grad, is their biggest defensive lineman. He's been banged up. But you got guys like, you know, Rousseau. You've got Ed Oliver. you got Boogie Basham. you got guys that are, that are speed guys. And they were on roller skates. Um, all their advantage that they had was taken away because of that snow that was on the field. And, um, you know, Cincinnati gets a chance to get mixing downhill. They run the ball and the rest was history because the bill, the bills had no answer for Cincinnati once they got running the football. So, I mean, I didn't expect to go this direction with it, but, but why in the world wouldn't the city of Buffalo want to have, uh, the ability to, at least, even if it's retractable to be able to cover a stadium and use that facility as a revenue generator year round. You know what I mean? You, you could well, their big concerts, big events, right? The same know. thing that you want to raise is the same thing they lack, um, is revenue. And for, uh, for that stadium to be built that way, to be built like a SoFi, to be built like some of these state of the art stadiums we have in the United States, you know, Arlington, Jerry world, um, ownership has to really come through with a bunch of money. I'm not sure how much money, you know, the Pagulas own two professional teams in the city of Buffalo. So they're already behind the eight ball trying to raise money. 
Um, you know, ticket prices and things like that in Buffalo are not what they are in other cities. Um, right. So when you look at things, the the state of New York is putting in a tremendous amount of money. I believe Erie County's putting in a lot of money. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure how much money the Pagulas are putting into the stadium. Therefore, maybe they don't have a retractable roof because, however many billion this project is, you probably stick another, I don't know, fifty million, hundred million onto it if you stick a retractable roof on it. And I just don't think the money's there. So you you made <clears throat> one hundred and two starts for the bills. And I had a breakdown in that living large piece. And I wish I'd thought to write it down, but it was like a crazy number of starts at maybe each of the guard positions at right. one of the positions and then at center. So your verse, can you imagine, uh, you were an organization's dream to be, to have that kind of, to be that kind of a utility guy up front. But I just wonder now that you're 52, uh, and you've been retired now, which is, it didn't even occur to me until I read that piece again. It's like, wow, Jerry's been retired 20 years now. That's yeah. great. So yeah. but when you get up, you, I mean, you'll get up early tomorrow morning. Uh, do you, can you still feel 102 starts when you get out of bed in the morning? Yeah, it's, I don't feel 102 starts. I feel playing football from the age of uh, being in seventh grade all the way until I was 32. I think that's the thing I feel more than anything. It's not just uh, you know, the NFL games. It's all the college games. It's all the high school games. Uh, we played in, the, in a period. I'm not saying the guys nowadays aren't tough, but I, I, I'm i jealous of some of the uh, medical advancements that they have nowadays. I'm jealous that the league has really um, tried to do a progressive job as far as injury prevention and injury recognition keeping um saving athletes from being their own worst enemies so to speak um so yeah Not i mean i feel you, every Jerry, bit of it you played on trash yeah the turf oh yeah on yeah it was it was cement with uh with some plastic on it i mean nothing nothing we played on rivals what they they play on nowadays um the the turf fields and grass fields are tremendous but yeah i feel every bit of it um that's what i'm dealing with now i've gotten some help from a guy and he's helping me with some things and as far as trying to get back in shape not only just working out wise but lifting wise and and eating wise and just trying to take care of myself better um but with all of the emphasis today on the recognition of concussions and the treatment of and to like you say protect guys from themselves right were there were there pockets of time in your career where you would not have been allowed to play uh, because of that? Or did you play, did you have to play through a lot of that kind of stuff? Mm, you mean, did I play? To <clears throat> so you mean, did I play like in the Meadowlands after getting kneed in the side of the head and didn't know the snap count or play the rest of the game and the right guard called all the, all the plays and told me what to snap the ball on? Yeah, that's, that, that happened. Um, I'm not proud of it, but that's just that's not I'm not saying that to be like pat myself on the back. I say that to be that's what you did. Right. I mean, it was what no, we no, did. Right. I mean, I broke my I broke the tibia. I had a tibial plateau fracture in my right leg and, and came back in 10 weeks. Um JJ Watt, as soon as it happened, and I don't even know if it was anywhere near as worse as mine, he was done for the season. He said, I'm out. Um, but you know, it's just what you did. It part your toughness and your reliability were as 
were traits that were really looked highly upon. And for some of us that were grunt guys that had to bust our butts to make it, um, those were things we wore as a badge of courage, so to speak, or uh, as a, we, you know, a pat on the back for those kind of things make you feel made you feel good. That was kind of what we did. That was our our uh, niche, so to speak. Well, you always hear it said that the best of ability is availability. Yes. And, uh, yeah. No, that's one hundred percent true. I mean, they don't pay you to sit around. Right. So you. Know. Uh, you uh, I mean, you would have you you retired at thirty two. Is that right? Thirty two. Yeah. Yep. Thirty two. Didn't you, yep. was there an, a, a, a pretty fairly catastrophic leg injury that you played through during the game? You just continued on, didn't you? Well, <laughs> yeah, that? I mean, I came Did back in 10 weeks. a broken leg down the field? <laughs> well, the no, what, basically what is, I came back to in 10 weeks from uh, having a broken leg, which was, it was too, it was too fast, but, you know, they needed me. They told me they needed me, and that's what I did. I rehabbed it in a pool uh, all, all, uh, 10 weeks until I was ready to get on the field and run around. I used to put a pair of Chuck Taylors on hop in the shallow end and we would do drills, me and the strength coach throwing med balls back and forth over exaggerating different things. Cause the water takes so much weight off of you. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so I came back and my second play back after 10 weeks off, I landed on my knee with my brace on and blew my bursa sack up. Oh, and that's right. I could feel my knee going or my leg going numb because the the swelling was cutting the circulation off with the brace I had on. So I rip it off and then get that resituated. But it got so bad to where the last, uh, I would say, four weeks of me playing, I came back and played seven weeks, I believe. I played three weeks. And those last four weeks of me playing, I didn't practice all week long. I would be off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I would do a little bit Friday. I'd walk through on Saturday. Sunday game day, about 20 minutes for warm-up, I'd go in. They would take 60 to 80 cc's of fluid off of it. Um, they would make it feel real good, and then I would go out and play. Um, yeah. But, again, that's – I'm not do, – I'm not – I get I get upset at guys that come out or they're in lawsuits because of – they forced me to take this, you know, painkiller. They forced me to do – nobody forced you to do anything. Um, you did it on your own and that's what we did. And I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's how it was. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty cool fraternity to be a part of though. I mean, that's the price you have to pay, yeah. but, but I mean, I mean, Jordan, like look at the bills. Jordan Poyer did it all season long. He had his elbow, his one arm and a brace. Cause he had a UCL injury just like Josh did. And then by the end of the season, he's wearing a brace on his knee on the same leg with a torn meniscus. And he's out there, he's out there Sunday playing his guts out, trying to lead the defense and trying to be effective. I mean, lots of people do it. So if you were appointed a college football commissioner, what would you do about what would you do about the portal and what would you do about NIL? What would you do really? I mean, I don't know even how you regulate NIL, but so, but unless you have a great idea, I'm willing to listen. But, but with regard to the portal, the portal's out of control and it's hurting, really hurting college football. If you were appointed college football commissioner and you had a week to, to fix the portal, what would you do? Um, I, I do like the, what they're doing as far as is limiting the amounts of time you can get into the portal. Um, I would have certain segments of when you can enter the portal. Um, I would have a probably have a, a 
uh, I'd have some sort of limit upon when you can get in it as far as age appropriacy. Like, for instance, you know, the whole Maurice Claret situation, he tried to petition to get drafted before he was draft eligible. Um, I wouldn't mind having some sort of, you know, portal eligibility as far as how many years you've been there or plays or things like that. Um, obviously only transfer once, um, you know, but it would, uh, I don't think you can take it back, but you can really regulate it and maybe even come down to the fact where we put limits on how many guys a school can take because this portal, this portal situations, not just hurting the, the high school athlete, because it's hurting the high school athlete with, you know, limited scholarships available because teams are taking portal guys. The other thing it's hurting is the guy that has the pipe dream that if I go in the portal, that automatically means I'm going to go get picked up somewhere else. And that's not the case. So maybe, you know, maybe make it a little bit harder and, um, and just put some limits on it as far as when and how often, and maybe even put a, a, a classification upon class, like freshman, sophomore, junior, when you can do it. Right. It just it feels like to me that so many 19 year old kids just don't understand or appreciate. They can't. I mean, they're still kids, but how hard it is to move, how expensive it is to move yeah. uh, and how it, whatever little bit of traction and momentum you've established, it's gone and you're starting all over. And like you say, holy cow, the percentage of guys who wind up in a, either a lateral situation or a worse situation or no situation it's pretty staggering so i'll be glad when the trendy part of this thing cools off you know what i mean but think about this bill think about this have you ever thought of this i'm a kid that has and this is what i think a lot of this portal stuff is i'm a kid that that maybe i'm at a at a non-p5 and this seems to be the trend we're going to take non-p5s and we're going to bring them up to we're going to transfer to a p5 school and maybe not even start anymore, just be a backup. But that's okay because I'm trading out my starting or I'm trading out playing time for cash because all those schools, most of those players, if not all of them, get NIL money, correct? So there's that as well. I I wish the NCAA, which I don't even know if the NCAA exists anymore. I don't even know what kind of power they have or what what they – have to do with anything but it would be nice if they went out and they found about five to ten guys that transferred and had miserable experiences and put together a uh um a group of guys to go around and talk to to schools and regions or put out a, tr- a video for kids to a mandatory video for kids to watch of guys sitting up there going yeah i thought that i was going to go somewhere and i was going to start and i was going to go to the league and i ended up on scout team by week three you know like you know, something like that to try to show the grass is not always green. Like scared, scared straight. Yeah, exactly. Scared straight, but the transfer portal version, right? right. So, and I'm not saying you can't transfer. So don't please don't <laughs> please don't hit me and on, on on social media or Twitter or whatever and blow me up about how I'm anti this, anti that. I I I, I get it. It's 2023. Those are things that we're going to do now. It's there's no putting it back in the box. But there, there needs to be some sort of regulation or something because if they don't, and this is what I'm scared of, if they don't find a happy medium, right, Bill, what I'm scared of is, is next thing you know, 
and you've already heard people mumble the words union or mumble the words, you know, collective bargaining agreement. If they bring that stuff to college athletics, that's just, that's just, it's, there is no more college athletics. Right. And that's, what's sad about this. There's no more college athletics. You had a great career to you. You were uh, an all American offensive lineman in 1991. You were part of the, I still love this trivia question. One Oklahoma college football team had, there was only one team in Oklahoma in the decade of the 90s that had a 10-win season, and it was your 91 squad. I did not, not know the, that. Not the Sooners, not the Cowboys, TU 91, the only state team that had a 10-win season. So, uh, But the point of circling back to that is that was every day of your four years at Tulsa fun and fulfilling and uh, <laughs> were there days you hated everybody's guts i'm sure there were yeah i mean yeah. there was there was always that um i heard warren Sapp say this all the time i heard warren Sapp say this one time and he, he would say you know as far as his experience in the nfl he was like monday through saturday is theirs but sunday's mine um nobody can take my sunday from me right. um uh, that's kind of how it was in college i mean we you know we played in the era of 20, 20 padded spring practices. Uh, uh, guys got hurt. You heard the words move the drill, and they moved the drill to another part of yeah. the field and kept going, and and somebody else hopped in there, and, you know, it was that's the way it was. Um, college football was, was, definitely, was definitely different. So, but the thing is, is people don't realize my own son's learning it. I know kids that I've helped mentor that are learning it. There's nothing more fun than high school football, Bill. And I'm sure you're seeing that now covering, you know, doing a tremendous job you're doing with Barry Lewis and the others carrying covering high school sports. There is nothing better and more fun than high school football. Um, college football is fun, but it becomes a job. You know, I don't know that uh, there cannot be very many markets in the country. Uh as good as Tulsa County for college, for high school football. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, no. from 3A through 6A1, it's pretty pretty damn good. Yep. Um, so, all right, uh, I know you've got to get up at the crack of dawn, so I'm going to leave you with this. If you were the GM of an NFL team and you could cherry pick one guy <laughs> off, of, off, off an, of an existing roster, off of a current roster, one guy, who would you take? I've got three names written down here, and I'm guessing it'll be one of these three, but I'm just curious who your first round cherry pick draft pick would be. Well, uh, after after yesterday, and I've always been a fan of this guy's, but um, after yesterday, um, I think I know. <laughs> I. I am very well aware that the NFL is a quarterback-driven league. Um, and after watching him play yesterday, it just solidified to me that he is a bona fide superstar. And the thing that puts him over the top for me is there's other quarterbacks that have the same ability he has, but they don't have his uh, demeanor, his swagger, his coolness, his leadership on the field. But right now, there's nobody I'd probably take uh, – with the first pick than Joe Burrow, um, uh, him, right. You know, tremendous, okay. tremendous player on my Jerry cheat sheet here. I wrote down the three names next to that question and I wrote down Mahomes, Yeah. Josh Allen, 
Joe Burrow, but I yeah. circled Joe Burrow because <laughs> I came yeah. out of yesterday thinking what you were thinking is, and there was a play too where Burrow keeps on a on a conversion play, a must convert yeah. play. He keeps he scrambles for seven or eight yards, and he got the bleat knocked out of him. He got hit hard and bounced really hard off the turf, and he was right back up and right back because it was a clock thing too. And I thought that's a toughness play right there. So here, here's the thing about Joe Burrow that I think people people need to understand. The number one thing, and we had it with Jim Kelly. I know other teams had it with like Joe Montana and and Steve Young and these guys. Um, Kansas City has it with Mahomes. But when you're looking in the huddle at a guy that you believe, truly believe. There is no situation you can be in that he's not going to be successful in and help you win. That's a powerful thing. Um, the Bengals walked into, uh, I should say they ran into Orchard Park on Sunday and and walked out after just playing one of the most physical, physically dominant games I've seen a team play in quite some time. I talked about it on a podcast that I do um, last week, the keys to the game, three defensive keys. My first key was match their physicality because there's something that I see in the Bengals that they truly believe they are tougher than Buffalo. And it happened. I mean, they lined up. And then you have that belief in a guy like Burrow, and he, he, just, he just exudes positivity and belief. You know what I'm saying? Just it's not – you know, people that don't like him are Bengals fans or say he's cocky or he's arrogant. He's not. He's confident. And um, I loved him when he was LSU. Hey, we had this conversation today, Bill. Tell me this. Who in the absolute hell was evaluating talent at Ohio State that thought he was the one that needed to get sent somewhere else? I know. <laughs> Seriously. I know. But I also believe, too, not knowing either situation well enough to really for me to even talk about it, but you know, there's a not, you know, the, the development of guys is different. They're all like snowflakes, right? right. Maybe he just got better at LSU. Maybe he did. And there True. there was a crowded room at Ohio State. Uh, but I'm with you. I mean, Joe Burrow's the best college quarterback I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm with you. I circled Joe Burrow not only expecting or thinking you might pick him but he was the guy I picked would have picked off that list well the the other guy that I would pick and I'll probably get uh I I mean I'll probably get ridiculed for this by my friends if they watch this because they know that what an eagle you know being an Eagles fan I am from growing up there but probably you know my second choice would probably be Micah Parsons because not only is he a tremendous player I love the way he handles himself I mean, he's another guy. He's not afraid to talk what's on his mind. He's not a, afraid to say what he believes in. If he makes a mistake, he apologizes, he moves down the road. But I think Micah Parsons is a bona fide generational player. And the only thing that can stop him from reaching levels that we haven't seen in quite some time are if he gets if he gets injured, which, you know, because of our lovely NFLPA, we have the uh, – chance of that happening because we're playing more and more football games every year and, you know, putting, putting bodies through more and more wear and tear than we ever have. So, uh, but no, Mike is special. Week 18 of the NFL was 
mostly garbage. Yeah. And they weren't, yeah. So I, I, you had a perfect template with 16 game regular season. And if you're going to insist on playing four preseason, at least most teams have the good sense to give their starters what very, very limited reps. And then go into the postseason. That's a good, that was a perfect schedule for a long time. And the whole 17th game nonsense. But it, there's only one set of people to blame for that, and that's the NFLPA in the last negotiation. You know, the 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 they wanted more money. So the league said, Yeah, we'll give you more money, but you got to work more for it. Right. And you know, at first they're like, no, and then the NFL you know, the NFL dangled things in front of their face that they just couldn't keep their mind off of. And next thing you know, they're giving up, you know, giving up more power, which is right up their alley. Now, I'm not going to be too fired up too when when any significant single season record in the NFL gets broken by a guy in the fourth quarter of game right. seven. Right. Right. Think- and the and the Dolphins can toast all they want too. I mean, that's not going to happen. Be- I mean, <clears throat> you know, who's going to win 17? Somebody probably will at some point, but who's going to? But but. Hell, by the time they they break that record, they'll probably be playing eighteen games. <laughs> you know, it's right. just so much. Real quick, uh, your predictions on the two conference games? Um, I think Kansas. I th- I really like the Bengals, and I, I just I just they got a, a youthful confidence about them. Their star players are young players. Um, hey, they didn't seem to be real phased up front with uh, two to three guys out this week. Um, as long as they continue to do what they're doing, which is Pound Joe Mixon, um, get him the ball, and he has positive yardage on first and second down. It's going to really open up the play action and some things for Burrow. And Burrow is just an absolute assassin right now behind center. And um, the Bengals' defense is sneaky good. Um, They do things defensively that give teams fits. They're also not a tremendously big team. They can move really well. They run well. But I like the Bengals uh, uh, beating the – and like I said, I'm going to predict that Mahomes doesn't play – beating Kansas City this weekend in Kansas City. Um, the other game, um, I love both teams. I mean, I love Shanahan. Um, I love the way he he calls the game. I love what he's done. Um, I love the way that him and John Lynch have built that team. Bringing in uh, McCaffrey was a tremendous pickup. Um, Brock, you know, and there's Brock Purdy too. Uh, he's got a lot of, you know, he's not as talented as Joe Burrow, but he has a lot of similarities in his leadership and how he is. I mean, uh, Brock Purdy's a, 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 you can almost say, take away confidence, say cocky. I mean, he's been this way since he's been at Iowa State, but um, very capable he quarterback. Great. Yeah. He was great on third down yesterday. Yep. Very capable. But the only way I see, the only way I see the 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 Niners winning this game is they turn over Philadelphia and or they they aggravate the shoulder injury of uh, Jalen Hurts and I'm going to be honest I cannot believe I'm saying that Jalen Hurts is a bona fide bona fide um, MVP candidate. I mean oh, that's yeah. crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And if Sirianni wasn't such a whack job, I'd give him a lot of credit. But he's he's you know he's a little bit. He's a little bit out there, but um, say what you will about him. Say what you will about the Eagles, but the what he's done with Jalen Hurts is just absolutely wizardry. Because I never thought that was going to happen. Well, right, but I mean, I just think uh, the Jalen Hurts story is almost like a Disney movie. The guy gets benched at Bama, but uh, Pat, hey, I I was on there with Pat today, and Pat said it best. You know, Pat said, "Look," he said. 
the kid's been a power lifter. He's been through the grind with his father. His father coached him, put him through the grind. Then he goes to, to Bama and co- is coached under Saban. And Saban just beats him to death, and he grinds there. It's like he's not afraid to work, and he's not scared of hard coaching. So it's the perfect guy. I mean, he goes to OU and refines his quarterback play under under Riley. Um, he's just he's he's not bothered by it. he's not bothered by hard coaching or or having to learn or hard work. I mean, those are great pro- those are great properties to have. Right. With regard to prep for the NFL, I thought his year at OU was a perfect prep school kind of a yeah. year. You know what I mean? To get right. ready for a different style right. of offense. Well, there's right. a reason why there's only one Alabama quarterback right now in the in the NFL. I mean, they're not they're not taking quarterback now. Bryce Young will be there this year. Bryce um, Young's really not very big. I didn't realize he was Well, what's funny player. is I think it was Dan or it was either no, it was um Daniel Jeremiah. He talked about that. He said he said if you took uh if you took Bryce Young, he goes if you took Aaron Rodgers and put him in the dryer too long, you have Bryce right. Young. Right, right. Hey, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful. Uh Super Bowl, you like Cincinnati against either? Or I like Cincinnati against Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia's gonna win, and I think that um I think that game's a toss up. I do, especially with two weeks to prepare. That game's if if Cincinnati and Philadelphia play in the Super Bowl, it's a toss up. But I think that I think your the money, the smart money is going to go with Philadelphia because of the defense they got right now. Their defense is just killing it. I won't forget our, my promise on. Can you read that? Yes, yeah, it's Jerry Photo. Jerry Photo. I'll remember that photo. Which <laughs> is crazy. If you read that article, I sent you the link. This morning. yeah, I read it. I read it because it was just I hadn't read it like in forever and. uh uh, you and Jamie were expecting Owen. Jackson was a two-year-old when I interviewed you uh, yeah. the first time, and then you were expecting Owen. Yep, uh, and then the and then the the roof went off the house when Owen showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of life has been lived in his twenty years uh, on yeah. this earth, and right. um, obviously, obviously, you were very well aware of Owen from the time he was a young baby, from the time he was seven months. And that's what's so special, too, about our relationship is, you know, there's something there that binds us a little bit. But um, no one's doing wonderful, man. He's at TU. He's playing football. And the best thing he's doing is he's making Dean's lists every semester. Uh, he's a tremendous student, and he works his tail off. It means something to him. Um, Owen always says, and it's it's something he he's said for a while now, and I think it's it kind of goes in line with I always I always say that people you know you talked about it earlier. You, obviously, when you're at Tulsa, it wasn't just always fun all the time, and it wasn't. Uh, and you have to find a trigger in your mind that gets you up out of bed or makes you want to do that extra work or go to the library and study. And Owens is 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 letting other people down, and and it's not just letting them down; it's the fact that he goes. He always says, he goes, I had so many people in my life spend so much time and energy to help me get to where I am now. I feel like if I don't reciprocate that same energy in what I'm doing, I'm letting them down. And, um, you know, I think it's a good way to look at things. It's what he it's what he uses to motivate himself. And um, he had a really good season this year. And he's 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 on a track and progressing the way that he should be. Right. 
Well, he was unbelievable at Hall and Hall. Jackson and Owen were great players at Hall and Hall. And then, uh, so Owen now can go from the Dean's list to bundling that with being on the all conference list. And then hopefully going. Yeah. And then we got Jackson at Drake right now. And he's, in, he's gotten into, uh, he's still in the family business, but instead of, uh, instead of playing ball, he's coaching ball. He's, he coaches tight ends at Drake. Um, he's got his own room as a 23 year old kid and he's working his tail off to be the best coach he can be. And, um, you know, I'm proud of Owen, but I'm extremely proud of Jackson. I mean, he's, he's really putting the time into, to be a good football coach and I'm, I'm proud of him. Beautiful. All right. I owe you a pizza. Thank you for doing this. Hey, no, t- no problem, Billy. Always good to be on. Always good to talk to you. I know you're up super early. I'll let you go. I'll see you soon, Jerry. All right. Later on. All right.